happens to be at Triumph Church in the morning. <laughs> How many of you got my text? Most of you. You ought to get on our list. Sometimes I say funny stuff. Six reasons to be at Triumph Church in the morning. Wildfires burning 1.4 million acres of land out of control, setting records and hardly anybody even knows it's happening. We got such other big problems, we don't even know about it. On August the 21st, we had a total eclipse viewed from America in a hundred years. The last one was almost 40 years ago, we could see partially, but we haven't had a full view of a total eclipse in a hundred years. Most Bible-believing Christians believe that these are some kind of signs and they're God's, it's, it's God's timetable. I don't understand all that and that's not my forte, but I do believe that when we have these events, they are signals and it, it's the rhythm, rhythm of what God is doing. Mark and Faith, good to see you all here. This is my sister Faith, my brother-in-law Mark, they're elders in Beaumont. Glad to have you all here today. And so when, when these things happen, it's like it, it shows you that it's God's timetable. And um, some people can figure out how all that really ties together better than I can, but I take it serious. I take it serious. And then on August the 25th, Hurricane Harvey came through, $100 billion plus worth of damage. Huge storm, set records, flooding like we've never had before. Some said it was a 500-year flood, and others said it was a 1,000-year flood. All I know is there wasn't many folks living on this piece of property 500 years ago. Something is significant when these things happen. And then uh, on September the 4th, a madman exploded a hydrogen bomb underneath the ground in North Korea. An absolute lunatic, a complete psycho, has a hydrogen bomb that when it exploded, the shaking was equivalent to a 6.1 earthquake and triggered an actual earthquake of 4.1 or 2. When man gets so strong in his weaponry and his scientific ability that he can trigger earthquakes, we're in a new level. This man has a hydrogen bomb and he is a complete psycho. And then on September the 7th, just a couple of days later and a couple of days ago, there was a massive earthquake in Chiapas, Mexico of 8.1 on the Richter scale. 8.1. Earthquakes. And then today, Irma made landfall on Key West, um, and you know what's happening there. Six things happening almost simultaneously overlaid. What should we do? How should we respond? What does that mean? I believe it is God calling us back to Himself. I think that over time we have continually. Um, gotten further and further away from God as a nation, our culture, our belief system, our lifestyles, our value system just continues to drift. And we've been drifting for a long time. I'm using my, my dad as an illustration here today. But you know, dad would let things go and let things go. And then it was like, that's enough. We're going to deal with it. 
Some of you moms are probably like that. You know, you like put up with it and warn and you warn and you warn and you warn. They're like, enough warning. We got, we got business to take care of. And so, you know, somehow that's the way God is. Things go on and on and on, and it looks like we're getting away with it. We're looks, it looks like life is going on like it always has. And then suddenly we realize that God said, that's enough. And I believe we're in one of those moments when God is reaching out to us, calling them back to Himself. Sometimes God calls with a gentle, quiet voice of love, and, and other times it's a stronger voice. Some people only see the grace and goodness of God. They never see the wrath of God, the justice of God, the discipline of God. They never see that side of God. Today I've talked to you a little bit about my father to help you realize that your heavenly father has a loving, kind, gentle side, but he also has a, a terrible side. He, he has a strong side. He has a side of justice, and he, he has a side of correction and discipline. And if you only see one side or the other, you don't see God. Some people for years in the early part of this country only saw the wrath of God and the vengeance of God and the discipline of God and the do's and the don'ts and go into hell if you make a mistake. And that's all they saw of God. But then gradually as we begin to try to correct that view and, and, and bring more balance and biblical truth along, the pendulum swung completely over to this side of the wall and now... If you say this might have something to do with the way we're living and God's response to it, I can be marginalized and written off as a total kook in this society. Oh, he's one of those wrath of God preachers. People don't even know what the wrath of God is. They don't, they don't understand God. They don't even know God. How can they know the wrath of God? So, so you, to see God, you have to see both. You see, in this country, we have probably as good a judicial system as there has ever been on the planet. As marred and messed up and money-driven as it is, it's still the best there's ever been. But on top of the overlaying the judicial system of man, there is a judicial system of God. God has a judicial system that is impeccable and perfect, fair and just in every way. And God causes His, His, judiciary, His judiciary system to override earth, man's decision, and what man will do. God is the judge of the universe. So he has a whole system at work. It's invisible. People sometimes don't even realize it's there. But it never, ever changes. It's always been there. This is what he enforces. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. He enforces that. If you... Whatever you give will be given back to you. God enforces that. Whatever words you use for another will come back to you. God enforces those things. And when people do bad things, God's judicial system will kick in. And they will be rewarded for their behavior. That's the kind of God we serve. He's still God. So, I don't have a coin here today. But you know what they look like. We, we used to have a lot of them. We don't use them much anymore, but we, we had coins. And so there was two sides of a coin. One was heads and the other was tails. All right, so if I hold up a coin to you and I say, describe what you see, you would say, well, it's got a figure, a profile of a president on it. 
And then I hold the same coin up to someone else and say, describe what you see. And you say, well, it's got a, a, a pentagon, a, a capital building on it. I might say, wait a minute, I held it up to you and you said there was a figure of a president and you said you saw a building on it. What, which one of you guys are right? Who's telling me the truth? Well, the, the truth is both. Because on one side of the coin, there's a president and the other side, there's a capital building. Same coin. And when you're looking at storms, you have to realize it's two sides of the same coin. Like some of my friends are using words like, this storm is demonic. And I agree, it's demonic. But at the same time, it's God's hand on the other side that is calling us back to Him. And it's both at the same time. It's both at the same time. You see, God never ceases to be God. Even when the devil's doing his worst, God never ceases to be God. So he's always the ultimate authority. And anything that happens, God may not have initiated it, but he allowed it. It's, it's within the scope of his authority and responsibility. And so when I say God's involved in this, that's what I mean. It's still within the scope of his authority and responsibility. And sometimes we put the God and the devil on the same playing field, on the same level, and we could not make a greater mistake. You can't put the creator and the created on the same level. God is the creator and the devil is the created. They're not on the same level. The devil works within the scope of God's authority. Okay, let's look at um, Matthew 24 and 29. Now, Jesus is speaking, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. So I gave you six things that's happening right now. And according to what Jesus predicted for the future, most of which I believe has not come to pass yet, it's not over with. And we're looking at things today that it's amazing how much understanding we have of how hurricanes happen. I mean, they have studied it, and they can tell us what it's doing and why it's doing it and do a pretty stinking good job of predicting where it's going to go. It's amazing. But there are things coming to the earth that we may not have ever seen on planet earth, and we may not be able to have apps on our phone telling us exactly what's fixing to happen next. Because Jesus said there would come a day when virtually the sun would be dark, the moon would not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven. And when those stars start falling, it isn't going to be a romantic moment. So we are going to continue to see amazing and inexplainable things in nature. We call them natural disasters. We call them acts of God. The closer we come to the literal return of Christ, the more these climate phenomenons are going to happen, and they're only going to intensify as time goes on. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds. From one end of heaven to the other. Can you say amen? amen. Now I'm going to go to Luke chapter 21. Uh, and I'm going to read you Luke's uh, report of, of this event. 
and what Jesus said. Verse 25, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nation with perplexity, the seas and the waves roaring, the seas and the waves roaring, men's heart failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Climate earth is going to be shaken. Um, and men are going to be so afraid, their, heart, their heart's going to stop. Have you watched the fear on people's faces before these storms hit? There are things coming to the earth that is going to become so fearful in expectation that Jesus said their hearts was literally going to stop inside of them. Then he went on to say, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Thank God. So, um, I really don't think Jesus is coming back this year, and I'm not trying to work you into that fervor, because that's, that's, not, that's not what I believe, and that's what I'm doing. But what I am saying here today is that things are going to get worse. According to what Jesus said, they're going to get worse. And that the church has got to learn how to respond to these things in whatever way that is. We've got to learn how to respond. And Jesus said, when you see all these terrible things happen, lift up your head. Raise your eyesight. Because that means that the second coming of Christ is closer than ever before. But this is our posture until that day comes. We lift up our heads. Today, I'm pointing you to God. I'm not talking about the devil. I'm talking about God. And I'm saying God's trying to call us back to himself. Lift up your eyes, America. Lift up your eyes, church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lift up your heads. Don't be discouraged. In the end, we win. In the end, God wins. In the end, the church does well. Lift up your heads. But as I have openly said to you today, you watch all this stuff happening, it, you know, it, it, don't watch too much television. It'll bury you, and it's just, just don't watch it. Don't watch too much television, it'll bury you. Don't watch too much news, it'll bury you. Don't, you don't want to hear everybody's opinion, everybody's idea about what it ought to be. You just don't want to hear all that stuff, just go on a diet. Budget yourself. And I'm serious about this because as a pastor, I'm seeing the, the damage that too much news causes to the saints of God. You just keep watching that cable news. You can't lift up your head. You can't get your chin off your chest. You can't have faith and hope because there's nothing but the opposite delivered over that television. Lift up your head. Well, if, if you just bury up and you run your TV from the moment you wake up to the last second of your day... That TV will bury you. And I'm not just talking about hurricanes. I'm talking about issues in this country and the economy and politics and all that stuff. It'll just bury you. But Jesus said, when you see all this tumultuous things happening, lift up your head. Lift up your head. Speak faith. Speak love. Speak hope. Look for the coming of Christ. Let people see the faith in your heart. The church just has to respond in the way Christ asked us to. And so today I wanted to take a few moments and encourage you to just lift up your head.
So I really believe that God has always spoken through nature. Nature is, is, is a part of God. It's his creation and it's how he worked. Go back to Genesis. Go all the way to the, to the, to the revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and God's always used nature. He's always spoken through nature. And I can't imagine a Bible-believing person not seeing through the Scripture that God has always used nature to do His bidding and to communicate a message. He's always done that. And, and, and unfortunately, people that love the Lord but don't know better, they think that there was like this God of the Old Testament and now this God of the New Testament. This God of the Old Testament is a bad dude, man. And then this God of the New Testament just loves everybody, and he really don't care how you live or what you do. He just love, 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 love. And they don't know either God. They're just as confused about the God of the Old Testament as they are about Jesus Christ. So we got to sort out the Old and the New Testament, and someday I'll, we'll work on that on another day. But I'm just telling you, the God you and I are serving today is exactly the same God they were serving in the Old Testament. He said, in me there is no shadow of turning. There is no variableness. He is exactly the same God. It's not like he transformed himself when Jesus came. You know what the difference in the Old Testament and the New Testament is? We have a better covenant. That's, that, that boils it all down. We have a better covenant in the New Testament than we did in the Old Testament. The old covenant failed. It did not work. It was a failed experiment, you might say. And, um, and we got to the New Testament. God gave us a new covenant. And life's a lot better than this new covenant. A lot better. But we're serving exactly the same God. So, you know, this year I'm reading through the Bible chronologically because I, wanna, I want the story of God and His people. I want it all to fit in time. Your Bible isn't writ, written chronologically. It's a compilation of various books and writings that was just glued together into one book. But you can get a chronological Bible... And it, it breaks down, you know, how things happen in sequence chronologically. So that was my choice for this year. So I'm, I'm reading the story of God and His people chronologically and watching what happens. And so um, anyway, I, I'm hearing what God is saying to His people. And um, I'm sorting out then versus now. What applies to us, what does not apply to us. But over and over again... The justice of God doesn't change. What's right and wrong doesn't change. What's good and evil doesn't change. What God punishes and what He blesses never changes. Old Testament, New Testament. It's the same exact God. And God's always trying to call us back to Himself. All the things that Israel went through, like right now I'm reading through Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah. And uh, man, that's some heavy books. Really heavy books. And the reason is because Israel was in such a mess spiritually, God was just constantly rebuking them and calling them back and punishing them and rewarding them, just cycles of trying to bring them back. And, uh, and so it's, it, those are heavy books. And, um, but God was always just saying, look, if you'll just repent, I'll forget about all that. If you'll just clean up your life, we won't worry about what happened yesterday. He's always saying over and over again. And he said, you know, after all these disasters come upon you and you realize you've made a mistake, if you come back to me in that disaster, I'll stop the disaster right there and I'll heal you and I'll love you. It's the same God, folks. He's, he has that same mentality. And so if, if America would just stop and look back at God, 
It'd be all right. It really would. Because that's, who, that's, that's, the, that's the God he's always been. Just stop. I can deal with yesterday. I, I can put that behind, but just stop. And then we'll go forward from here. That's the way God works. And America needs to stop. We're on the wrong road. We're doing the wrong things. And we've been doing the wrong things. And because we get away with it, then we, we never feel correction. We just say, well, I guess, you know, global warming. I don't know if the globe's getting hotter or not. I really don't. I'm not a scientist. I study what those guys think. I'm totally confused about global warming. But I can tell you one thing. What we've got going on right now is not about global warming. It's about a nation that's getting further and further and further away from God. That's the truth. I don't know about global warming. I'm confused. But I'm not confused about the fact that God is calling America back to himself. So lift up your heads and, and point people back to God, you know. When you're talking to your friends and your family, just point people back to God in a loving way. You know, I try not to use like the wrath of God and the judgment of God. You know, I only use that word once or twice this morning because people just write you off like you're an idiot. I'm not an idiot, the, the, you know, but I'm just telling you, when you're using those kind of terminologies, people just write you off because they're so far from God. They don't know God or the Bible, and, and those words hurt us more than help us. I feel like this is kind of a family setting here today, so I'm using words that if I was on an interview in television, I definitely would not use. Just wouldn't use that word because you, you, you do more harm than good. Anyway, next subject. So um, here's what I think happened. It happened at the open of the 21st century, 9-11. I believe that our protection either departed or diminished. In my lifetime, and according to 17 years of American history, We've had more disaster and problems in the 21st century than ever before. Um, cataclysmic things have changed our lifestyle and our world, right? And I believe our, depart, uh, our protection departed. So when uh, Joshua and Caleb, if you remember the story, they went as spies in to see the Canaan land that God had promised Israel to live on. And they came back and they were trying to convince their countrymen, let's go take the land. But they said, look, man, they've got wall cities. They have giants. Arm, their armies are literal giants. And they're, they're men of war. We can't possibly overrun and overtake these people. And so Joshua and Caleb came back with this statement. Their, de their protection has departed. Rodney, give me a stool, please. Uh, their protection has departed. So they went in and they saw them uh, as people that had no invisible spiritual covering or shield, said their protection has departed, we can take them. In the book of Psalms, God said that unless God builds a house, they that labor, labor in vain. And unless God guards a city, it can't be saved. The fact is that God is our protection. And because in the previous years, we have continually moved away from God, our protection just begins to dissolve. God's hand of protection is not covering us. That's why a handful of terrorists could destroy the towers, kill thousands of people, and disrupt our whole way of life and the way of life of the world, because we don't have that invisible shield of God. It's important that God covers us and that He blesses us. I was reading in my studies Isaiah chapter 22 verse 8 where God specifically said of Judah, his most favored tribe, the one from which Jesus came from, 
He said, I will remove my protection from Judah. That's what he said about Judah. I will remove my protection. And my honest opinion is that in this 21st century, God has withdrawn his protective hand. We have been so covered by God, so blessed as a nation like no others on this planet. But because we just continue to move further and further away from God, then inevitably the, the protection is withdrawn. doesn't mean God doesn't love us. It doesn't mean he's, he's gone. It doesn't mean it's not there at all. It just means it has lessened through the years. And I believe that uh, some of the things we're having now um, are an indication of a lessened, a lesson, a, a less guarding and a protection of a God. So as we come back to God, He will guard us. He will keep us. And when you read how God thinks in the Old Testament, He said that over and over again. If you'll do these things, I'll guard you. I'll protect you. I'll make sure your enemies do not overrun you. I'll make sure it rains the right amount every year. And I'll make sure you're blessed. But if you don't do these things, then these other kind of life is going to happen. And so I think it's important that coming back to God is coming back under His protection and under His blessing. Whereas going away from God is... um, is getting out from under his protection, and more and more of these things are going to happen. Um, we are vulnerable to terrorists. We're vulnerable to evil dictators that have atomic weaponry. We're vulnerable to those things, not because we're not big and strong, but because we don't have that invisible force or protection of God at the level we've had it all these years. And so again, I'm telling you, God is calling America uh, back to him. The 21st century has not had a major outpouring of the Spirit yet. It's coming. And I'm believing that this, this event we're in right now is going to trigger an outpouring of the Spirit. Now, we've had revival here, revival there, showers, and things happen where the Spirit's poured out a lot of great churches, a lot of great movements, some really good things that's happened. But when you look at the history of the church, we have not had a major outpouring of the Spirit in the 21st century yet. Nothing that is going to really move the needle. Nothing that was sustained and measurable. A major move of God has to be sustained. In other words, has to stay there for a while. And secondly, it has to be measurable. In other words, you've got to be able to measure the impact it makes on society, community, the church, and all that. And so far, we have not seen that at this point in the last 17 years. But I believe that we are going to see it. I believe that in the timing and the rhythm of God that he is going to return to us after disciplining us and he's going to love us and pour out his spirit upon us. Uh, The the spirit of God is like a magnet. It draws people. And uh, I believe that we're going to see an outpouring of the spirit. So I want to encourage you today, lift up your head, lift up your head, lift up your head and be hopeful. And don't get buried in the news and buried in disasters and buried in what somebody could do to hurt us, but let's lift up our head and look to God and encourage people to go back to the house of God, go back to living a clean and holy life, go back to the, to the principles of God's Word, and let's do our part to help call people back to God. And most important, let's make sure that um, individually that we're called back to Him. I'm asking God to put a revival in my heart first and foremost, put a revival in my heart first and foremost, and ask God to start something in me that might be a blessing to others. I'm not looking at other people pointing my finger at what they may or may not be doing. 
I'm, I'm looking at God and saying, God, put something right inside here. Put something right inside here that would transform me and make me a blessing to other people. Uh, the overflow principle is that God pours into one person or one church or one entity more than they can contain, and then it overflows and hundreds of others, maybe thousands, partake of it. So God, I want to, be the, I want to have a revival in me that is an overflow so that other people can drink from the, the water that I have. And so that's my prayer. And I want to encourage you to pray the same prayer. Lord, put a revival in me. Put a revival in me. Put a revival in me. Pour your spirit out on me and let it be such, at such capacity, uh, such quantity that I couldn't hold it. Just overflow so that other people would receive a blessing through it. So just, I'm stirring up your hunger for God today. I'm just stirring up your hunger for God and asking you to seek after Him. And uh, the trend in America is go to church less, stay there shorter amounts of time when you get there. That's just a trend. Uh, our, so we have fewer services in the course of a week or a month, and we stay here a shorter amount of times. And um, so, you know, we, we're, we're good with that, but I'm just going to tell you that at some point, uh, we, need a, we need a presence in our midst so that people want to go to church and they don't want to leave after they get there. I wonder how many of you have been had a, been, had a, excuse me, I wonder how many of you have ever had a season in life and your walk with God when you couldn't wait to get to church and when you got there you didn't want to go home. Anybody out there had one of those? So last Sunday and this Sunday, I get right to the end of my message, and I have a health crisis. I have an equilibrium issue. And uh, so last week, I got right to the end of my message, and I could hardly sit on the stool, and that's kind of where I am today. I think it's the devil. So right when I want to bring my message home, and I really want to close what I'm trying to communicate from the Spirit today, um, I'm going to have to get some help and get off this platform. Okay, Rodney, come get me, bud. So I want you to pray for me. I'm not going to die, but I do have some serious equilibrium problems, and uh, the devil messes with me. And sometimes it's at the wrong time, like last Sunday and this Sunday. Okay? So I'm just telling you what I got. I ain't kidding you. I got, they, I'm going to follow Rodney out, and I'm going to be okay. You would I want you to pray hands. for me. Pray, please pray and, for uh, Bishop I'll be fine. I'm not going to die, not having a heart attack. Don't call 911. I'm just telling you, my equilibrium goes out, and I can't walk for a little while. Then I come back, all right. So, Durbin, you ready to go, bud? I am. All right. I'm going to ask all God right, to pray for Extend your hands towards the bishop as he goes out. Let's pray for him. All right. Lift your voices in prayer, please.